everybody, this is producer Henry J. Just wanted to say before we get into episode six of the Game Raven Review podcast that our recording quality isn't the best and hasn't been the best for the past couple of episodes, and I apologize for that. Obviously, we're in a global pandemic, so it's hard for us to all come together in one place and record. We're doing it over Discord, and I'm having all sorts of problems trying to figure out the best way to record this podcast. So I've been trying new things, I've been trying new technologies, and sometimes those technologies just don't want to cooperate. So there may be some weird glitching audio, especially when I talk. I have no idea what that's about and only found out about it once I started editing this week's show. So I apologize for that. Hopefully it'll get better next week. But until then, please bear with the technical difficulties. And without further ado, here is episode six of the Game Raven Review Podcast. Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Henry J, and I am joined by some of our talented writers to discuss the world of indie games. We only have a three-person crew today, so we're going to start with our fearless editor-in-chief. Puppet, how are you? I'm doing great, Henry. It is a little quieter around here, but you know what? I, I'm happy. I'm happy and I'm healthy, so it's good. There we go. And Taz is here as well. Super dope to be here every time, all the time. Love it. Fantastic. And before we get into our first segment, which is uh, what we are playing, somebody sent us an email, which is crazy, about the podcast. It's our first email. It's one thing that I forgot to do uh, while we were putting together the outlines in the podcast itself, is that you can actually reach out to us and email us, and we will read your email on the podcast. Um, If you want to do that, just send an email with the subject podcast to GameRavenReview at gmail.com. Uh, we got one from my friend from second grade, if you can believe this, in 1994. Tyler sent us an email. He says, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm looking forward to each week's release. In episode four, someone asked what the longest Digimon name was, and I thought it'd be a fun project to work on. So I scraped the list of Digimon names off of Digimon Wiki. Had no idea that existed until now. And cleaned up and, and cleaned up the data. Here are my findings. Are you ready to hear the longest uh, Digimon name? Absolutely. Yes. It is. Here we go. Ice Devimon Daipinmon Enchantment. Thirty-one letters long. Wow. Is that an actual Digimon, or is that it says Enchantment at the end? It looks like it because I'm looking at I'm also looking at the wiki and it looks like some kind of angry bat penguin with a belt and some wings. It's Is kind of hilarious to look at. Uh, n- no, it has some sweet J's, though, like some sneakers. <laughs> what, what kind of J's? Rocking Jordan 4s? Uh, yes. Yeah. Like rocking some Jordan 4s. And then he has like a, a hat with a, like what looks like another Digimon on top of that hat. I hey, need to see this. It's, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's purple he's just <laughs> wow he's got a big yeah. ice ice pop too 
<laughs> All right, there we go. Digimon is wild now. Um, there's other ones too. 22 uh, letters long is fused ancient volcano mon and ancient megatheromon. That's 21 letters. <laughs> uh, and there are 12 Digimon whose names are 20, 20 letters long. I hope you all enjoy my findings, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Yes, thank you so much. That made me so happy. Also, can we just talk about how Henry says Digimon and not Digimon? Oh, really? It's not. It's Digimon, not Digimon. I've, I don't know. I've always said Digimon. I've never heard Digimon. Like, uh, it's <laughs> like Henry, my, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Long Island, New York. So that might be it. Oh, that oh. Was, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's right. Yeah. My, my mother says Pokemon instead of Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon, like yeah, it's like Pikmin, Pikmin? Pokemon. Pokemon. Yes, Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, very strange. I do not wow. know. But if you want to send us an email and have it be read on the pod, you sure can. GameRavenReview at gmail.com. Just put podcast in the subject, and we will read it on the next episode. Let's talk about what we are playing, shall we? Yes. Yep. All right. We'll start with. Uh, well, let's ask. me. Yeah. What do you got going on? All right. So, I started a game on Thursday's stream. I was. I don't know. Like, I didn't have a plan, and I wanted. You know, it's kind of fun to kind of look for games on Steam, on on Steam, on stream, just to find new games, see what people are suggesting. Um, and I found this one that was very fascinating. It's called ender lilies quietus of the the knights and when i was looking at it it was very fascinated uh it's kind of because i was trying to look for some like dark soulsy games on steam and seeing like oh maybe it'd be fun if i like died a lot in game see see what that would do um and i found this it's kind of like a, a metroidvanian like dark souls pretty much you're this little girl um and she has like these spirit things that kind of follow her. And those spirits are like your your attack. She doesn't physically attack people. It's her spirits that do. Um, and it's very similar. It's actually very similar to a Hollow Knight, actually. Um, now that I remember, because there's like a bench that's like your save point. You kind of have to go around, find some stuff. Um, so that was pretty fun. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, it's on Steam for like 20 bucks. And it's actually an early access and I've been meaning to check out the like the the update, like the update logs, because I've never played a more complete early access game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so it, it, it's beautiful. The soundtrack's amazing. The game is beautiful. Really fun. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, the artwork is just I love. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, really into anime a little bit. And so I love the art style. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it definitely has that anime vibe. And it was just fascinating because unlike Hollow Knight or anything, things like that, where it's like very 2D, it's kind of like uh, your 3D character models and 3D avatars on a 2D, like a 2D art style. Um, so like the back re- backdrops are very obviously 2D. There's a lot of cool things, but like the animation is very 3D, um, which is which I love. I love that kind of contrast. It's awesome. Um, so uh, I'm doing a series on that on stream every Thursday. But if you guys want to check it out, highly recommend go for it. Again, it's like only $20. So definitely worth it, in my opinion. 
Um, and then I'm doing a little throwback nostalgia feel also like a little feel good game off stream um, called Star Wars The Old Republic. It's that MMO that came out like years ago that are still doing like they're still like continuing content with it. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played that, but I was I wasn't much of a World of Warcraft guy. I was a Star Wars The Old Republic guy. I remember when that game came out, my friends who like just inhaled World of Warcraft were like, we're jumping over. We're going to the Old Republic. It's going to be so good. And then like a month later, they're like, it sucks. We're going back to World of Warcraft. Dang. (laughs) They were like so hyped for it, for the Old Republic. And yeah, I gave it a shot when I went free to play, but it it did not grab me. That's fair. That's fair. It's, It's not for everybody. And I don't know. I I almost committed to because, yeah, it, you're, like you said, it's free to play right now, um, but you can like subscribe for like 15 bucks every month, um, which I almost like pulled the trigger on before I even like started playing it again. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just going to like play it again, continue my characters because I have like a Jedi Knight character and a uh, like a Sith uh, character. Um, but I, I just need to get back into it. But OK, OK, it's it's interesting to know. I've never heard anybody say that they're not a fan of the old republic setting very interesting yeah i don't know i i like uh i like the oppression that you feel in star wars uh that era of star wars i don't i don't know it's hard it's hard for me to explain but yeah like the pristine buildings and coruscant and everything's you know it it doesn't Mm -hmm. grab me okay that's fair that's fair i respect puppet what are you playing Oh, I'm playing some really cool things. Um, but first, I just want to talk about Little Nightmares for a minute. Uh, so Again? I know it's because the new one is coming out here on February 11th. And I just wanted to mention again how great Little Nightmares is. Um, I've been having a great time. I'm near the end and it's my first run through and it's creepy and adorable at the same time. So Yes, February 11th, Little Nightmares 2 comes out, and I'm stoked for it. I'm so excited. But aside from that, I am also, I got to play a super cool little demo of a game um, called Ginkgo, and it was made by students at USC, This uh, and it was released this last year. Um, and it is a really cool game. It is, um, it, it's about... It's an adventure. It's a horror. It's an Asian horror. Um, and you have to solve puzzles using this magic needle that was left to you by your mother. And it is the scariest game I have ever played. I did not expect to scream so much during this <laughs> game. It was wonderful. And I was just so impressed that it was made by all students. And it it's beautiful. The the atmosphere is amazing and the the little uh puzzles you have to do with the with the thread and the needle it are super fun and it totally distracts you and then suddenly you're being chased by this weird ass skeleton mask thing and it's so scary it was very great uh the demo oh sorry oh i was watching your stream and like the, the when i was started watching like yeah like a nice little 3d i thought it was like i called it a sewing simulator it was beautiful it was all nice and then i turn away for two seconds and then like you're like screaming i'm like what is happening it's what, how did this turn so wrong so fast yep uh yeah it was surprising um 
I don't know when the full game is coming out, um, but I'm definitely keeping my eye on it because it was pretty fantastic. It was pretty great. So hoping hoping that they uh, complete it here soon and I can play the rest of it. Um, I had some of my viewers say like, oh, I would like I just like this game for the puzzles, like the puzzles themselves. Like if it if it wasn't so scary, like I still would play this game just because the the needle puzzles are super fun. So, um, yeah, great game. Highly recommend just based on the demo. The demo is like uh, 30 to 40 minutes. I think it took me about 40 ish, 45 minutes to get through on stream. So uh, it was really cool. So there's that. Um, and then I'm also playing this super cool RPG uh, that's actually won quite a few awards already called Omari. And I really want to play this game. I think oh, actually I'm, I might download this right now. It's totally in your wheelhouse. You would love it. Um, the art is awesome. It's like pop art. And it's. I don't even know how to describe it aside from it's kind of like a darkerish version of adventure time. And there, like, there are just like random things around, like random fried eggs are on the, on the ground. And you're like, why is there a fried egg here? Or like a banana. And like, it's great. But then also, Oh, and there's this, like these like giant cats that like just watch you and their eyes follow you as you're like walking around with your friends and like, it's so good. I've only I'm only in the very first part of it, so I have yet to explore um, the story any further than what I have already. But basically, you're just this um, boy who is um, struggling with like mental health stuff, um, and it's really cool to see how they use color to describe his experiences. Um, I, I think, and I'm not far enough to really know, but it seems to me that uh, he's struggling with depression and, um, he lives in what they call the white space. And then he goes outside and he meets his friends who are all these like bright colors and he's still black and white. And so it's really interesting. Um, so, and people have said it's highly emotional and get ready to cry during it. So I'm excited to whip out my Kleenex. I just bought so, it right now. You did? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to stream today. Yes. Oh, my God. You're going to love it. It's it's very, it's great. Um, it, it seems like it's got big uh, Undertale vibes, which I really enjoyed that game. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes. I think it's better than Undertale, but yes, it's, it's good for sure. So there's that. Um, and then uh, I am playing Among Us with my crew uh as tonight actually i mean we're recording here on monday and then tonight i'll be playing among us on my stream so that's pretty fun i i like to get together with my friends um for game nights and before the pandemic happened we would have like you know game night parties at our house and play like couch co-ops and things like that and i've really missed i've oh my gosh i miss our parties so much um but I found if, you know, you get together with your friends on Discord, you can play games like Among Us and a couple others. So uh, I'm installing a new multiplayer Monday into my stream, which is twitch.tv slash puppetmastern at 8 p.m. On, Monday, on Mondays. I'll be playing multiplayer games like Among Us and a couple others. So 
if, uh, yeah, if you want to jump in, just come see us. But yes, and Henry, you don't like Among Us. No. Trash game. I Neither do you, Taz. What? It's overhyped. I don't, I don't think it's a bad game. I see why people like it, but it's it's not for me. It's not for me. Oh. Well, Taz, do <laughs> you have anything to say for yourself? Uh, overhyped. It's like the Beatles. It's trash. Like the Beatles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to be honest, I did not play Among Us for the longest time be- for a lot of different reasons. And one of them is that I'm just like a hipster on the inside and I just, everybody loved it. And so I'm like, Ugh, no, I'm not going to play that. Everybody's playing that. But then I actually played it and I was like, oh my God, this is actually super fun. And <laughs> at, Taz and I, this last or two weekends ago, we. We went on a little mini vacation with just a couple of our friends. Um, we all got tested. We were safe. You know, it was just time for us to to quarantine together for a bit and hang out. And we played IRL Among Us. And it was so fun. Um, and by IRL Among Us, I mean Mafia because they're exactly the same. And we like, wow, it was, it was something else. We like wrote little... Um, tasks that we had to do so we're like oh go clean a dish and we turned off all the lights and you couldn't see anything and it was so scary and it was so fun so um that was um i think i prefer i think i prefer not to be in person because it is very scary to have somebody come up next to your ear and be like you're dead and then you have to fall on the ground and it's just terrible but i thought that you meant that you played it uh like like on a couch together but you actually played the game in real life yeah yeah Yeah. like standing up paper tasks and just did a bunch of random stuff physically that's so funny and there were like two (laughs) floors to this cabin by the way we also played hide and go seek and playing hide and go seek as an adult is a little depressing because there are so many cool spaces you could hide in like i was like oh that'd be such a cool place and then you try to fit in there and you're like Oh my God, I am not as small as I used to be. Like, I just felt so much like distortion with my own body. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm a lot bigger than I thought I was. So it was, but it was still so much fun. I just felt like a little kid the whole time. It was great. Just playing Mafia in the dark and then also like hide and go seek. Highly recommend. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I don't have any friends. So I've been playing. As you know, Final Fantasy fourteen, of course. Without that, oh yeah, oh yeah, still playing yeah, you it. Should, you should hop onto uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. That's okay. You should hop on the Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen and play Dude, play I a tried. real they a real stole MMO. My money. They stole, stole my money. They stole your money. <laughs> yes, because I messed up in the account like creation. Oh, and the I, account creation is awful. And I think I messed up like what my birthday was, and I don't remember. I don't. I didn't see what I clicked. I thought I clicked my year. I, apparently, I didn't. And I couldn't go further than just the account creation. So they stole my $40. Wow, man. You should, you should probably call Square, Square Enix support or something. Probably. I'll get it figured out, maybe. It, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, that's but, another word you say weird too, Henry. What? Square Enix instead of Square Enix. Oh, it is. Well, it is Enix. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, Square you guys Enix. Both- those are great MMOs, but have you played Maple Story? I'm just asking. No, I never did. Well, you should. 
that's okay. Uh, I'm also playing. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a huge Yakuza fan, so the Yakuza Remastered Collection has finally hit PC, and I am uh, about to dive in and play Yakuza three, four, and five. I've played my first time playing Yakuza was three, which is uh, the worst. A lot of people say, and it's a, that is not the one I would recommend for your first time. I would definitely start with zero, which I did years later, got hooked on the series. I've beaten zero, one and two. I'm almost done with seven. So I'm excited to go back to Camarocho and play three, four and five, and then eventually six, which is also coming to PC in March, I believe. So we will have all the main Yakuza games on PC for the first time. Super excited for that. Even if you don't like Yakuza, just buy the games anyway. So Sega will be like, oh, they're making money. And then they'll put out more Yakuza games here in America. Okay. <laughs> Which uh, is like, Henry, what, what? Oh, I was, no, it was, I, I was going to say, you, you mentioned Yakuza a lot on this podcast. I've never played it. What, what, what is it? What, what, what do you do? I don't understand. I never, got, I never, I don't get it. So if, uh, well, you're a Yakuza man and, uh, your, your name is Kiryu, Kazuma Kiryu. And you, it's basically like if you take an amazingly written mafia crime drama story and you have all of that with all these characters and all these backstabbings happening and power plays and all of the inner workings that come with, with a genre like, like that, right? Like mob movies and all of that. But also at the same time, you can, I don't like play arcade games and you can like help a naked man find his pants again. What? And like all they, they supplement this insanely detailed and rich dramatic main game with these insane side quests at the same time so there's like all this like hardcore insane people getting shot and stabbed and all this crazy stuff but also at the same time you can like take a break from that and like go eat hamburgers and like you know just do all this random <laughs> stuff and it's it's just so good it's got it's got the sega goofiness but at the same time it's got this amazing story so that's what i like about it too all the characters okay. are really well written and very human because uh, Yakuza is the last game that made me cry. And that doesn't happen ever. Like, I don't really get emotional with games, but that's like, it, it was it was a heavy payoff that was coming like three games deep. And it finally paid off that, that story arc. And I was like, oh my God. So it's got <laughs> me hooked. It's got me hooked. Okay. So it's like Grand Theft Auto. No. That's what a lot of people, that's actually how they tried to frame it back in the day was like, oh, it's like Grand Theft Auto. It's nothing like Grand Theft Auto. If anything, it's, okay. a bra it's a brawler. If you like Streets of Rage, if you like any of those like 2D beat-em-ups, that's the combat. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, and you just kick ass all throughout Japan, which is another right. fantastic thing about it too. So okay. yeah, I think, oh. I think actually right now Yakuza 0 is like five bucks on Steam or somewhere. So just buy it, buy it, just buy it. Nice. I see that it like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page because I'm a dork. And uh okay, so it was released on Wii U. One of them was, but that's the that's only just... Nintendo console. <laughs> the zombie one was, yeah. 
that's so random <laughs> yeah they're not bringing it to switch and i don't know why i i i have no idea it's it's a playstation xbox pc wow okay gotcha so it's like sleeping dogs i've never played that game but sure oh it's like grand theft auto <laughs> no you don't drive a car there's no car driving it's not like grand around? theft auto you walk it's Japan. you walk yeah get a car <laughs> oh no you don't you don't Lord. have to you take Just you take a, a car you, you take public transit you take the taxi if you wow. need to get around you're in the yakuza and you're taking public transit yeah <laughs> you know like you know like head yakuza man but you're plus, still like plus all the games start out and like something has happened to kiryu so you're broke and you have to like work your way <laughs> back like up steal again a car <laughs> no you wouldn't steal a car you wouldn't download a car Oh you yeah, wouldn't you're right. do that. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's, it's like set in it's uh it's pretty much one to one of what the red light dish district in uh Tokyo is. Oh wow. So there's a lot of like similar buildings and landmarks and stuff. Uh yeah, you can also go hang out with uh host you can go to a hostess club and hang out with ladies. It's exciting Ooh. stuff. You could dance, you could sing karaoke. It's got if you played Shenmue, it's like Shenmue. Oh, okay, gotcha. Way more like Shenmue than Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Say, what is uh, Shenmue? Is that like Grand Theft Auto? It's like yeah, Grand it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto. It's like Grand Theft Auto if you're running around looking for sailors and looking for people to play Lucky Hit with. Shenmue is just like a like a, a variety job, like a small-time job simulator. It's pretty much what it is. Yeah, with B-movie dialogue in it and voice <laughs> acting. It's fantastic. Excuse me, on that day... There's a whole like part of the game where like I think oh what is it because you you learn kung fu it's kind of like Karate Kid like you learn kung fu through like chores so yeah, like, like an old man in the park yeah old man in the park and you you can do like tai chi in the park for a little bit but like I think one level is like it has you drying out books or something you have to take books out from the library to outside to dry and that's it that's all you do. Yeah, yeah, it's menial menial tasks. Uh, what you can? Um, what was the other one too? Forklift, drive a forklift yeah, around. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Get capsule toys. Yeah, it's it's all of that, like all of that extracurricular stuff you can do in Yakuza as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. That's I'll check it out. Way way too much Yakuza talk, but it's five bucks. Just buy it. Who cares if you don't like it? It's five dollars. Just buy it. Forego buy it. your latte Support. and <laughs> and get Yakuza instead. Trust me, it's way more delicious. <laughs> and lasts longer, too. It does. Coming up next is our main topic. What we like most about small indie games versus the big AAA titles. What warms our hearts when we think and play indie games? We'll be right back. Welcome to the main segment of the Game Raven Review Podcast. Today we are going to talk about why we love indie games and the satisfaction they bring us versus the big boy AAA titles. Uh, let's start with, I, I feel like, Puppy, you would have a lot to say, considering that you started this whole mess that is Game Raven Review. <laughs> why do you love indie titles so much, as opposed to the AAA stuff? So, um... I I love the creativity that is born out of scarcity with indie games. So 
when you play a game that is solo developed, there is something about the um, the way in which they use what they have to convey a story that is so full of heart that you just don't see in the AAA titles. And that's what I love. Um, and And what I mean is like, for example, I was talking about a game that I was playing uh, a couple weeks ago, and literally it's just a text game. You just copy-paste stuff. And yet the way that they tell that story and the emotions that are conveyed within that, the simple mechanic of just copy and pasting words is amazing. Um, and over and over, I have played these small games where it's like, obviously, you didn't have a lot to work with. The graphics aren't you know, perfect. Nothing is perfect about this. And yet it's so full of emotion and heart that just seems to fall flat for me with big titles. Um, And don't get me wrong, there are some AAA games that definitely have heart, you know, and definitely hit that, but... Like Yakuza. (laughs) Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it like Shenmue? Oh God. <laughs> They're just all the same thing, right? Anyway, um, yeah, there's just something like super inspirational to me uh, about that process and about um yeah, just the feelings that are conveyed through simplicity. Um and I and I love that. And um I I just I also love the relationships and the community that comes with um indie games. So because indie games are, games are so small, generally you can actually get to know the developer or they are because of their position they have to be more personable and out there because they've just made this game and they're it like and they're on the convention floor, you know, and they're out there talking to people, they're on Twitter, they're actually the one, you know, responding to you and the community itself is so supportive. They're all, they all get together and they're like, yeah, we're creatives and we want to support each other. You don't see that with AAA games. Um, if anything, it's more competition uh, based. And, you know, personally for me, I just, I, I find so much more inspiration and I feel far, far more at home in communities that are based around supporting one another rather than um, competing with each other. And I, I find that the art that comes from that is far more heart forward. And um, that's, you know, that's why I prefer indie games over AAA games. I feel pretty much the same way. There's more heart in indie games just because it is like a small group of people or just one person's kind of vision and passion, right? And they can do whatever they want. They aren't beholden to shareholders or, you know, making a game to, you know, bring in cash or what have you. It's for the love of creating in this medium. So you get games like Gris or Hades or something like that, where it just feels more. I don't know how to describe it. There's just something there. And I don't know what to even equate to it either. The only thing that I could really think of is like an indie movie. You know, like a like a clerks or something like that. It's just made by a handful of people, but it feels way more real than any other movie that has tried that before. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's because the, yeah. the the creators actually lived that life and lived in a can you know worked in a convenience store. Um, 
but it just had like a different different vibe i guess than if like a big budget movie with directors tried to do the same thing in a group of writers um it feels yeah. like authenticity or yeah there's something unnameable about it the spirit of the heart of you know these games and it's this is reminding me of a book um that i love it's called the crowd the critic and the muse and it's just about creatives and how um the journey of this creative in particular um and how you have to balance all three of those things the crowd and so that's like you know what do people want and do i give people what they want um, do I give the critic what they want? Um, do I give, you know, my shareholders what they want? Do I give the money what they want? Um, or do I listen to the muses? And do I allow myself to fully be creative and to go about doing my my creation the way that I feel the muses are shifting me? And I just, I feel like you're right. Like in the indie dev realm, it they're far more connected to the muses than AAA games because with AAA games they're having to balance so much more of the crowd and the critic than you know indie indie developers are so let me throw this into the mix uh, what about what about super mario what about nintendo games like first party miyamoto helmed nintendo games i feel like they have kind of the same feel the same vibe we are which are we what era are we talking are we talking early let's say like nintendo 64 to now 3d mario games let's do that for example because i feel like mario odyssey had a lot of heart and soul in it as well yeah so um i'm actually not a huge mario fan so i'm probably not a great person to ask about that um to me, Mario feels a little flat. The storyline feels a little flat. I Unpopular opinion. There it is. Uh, I liked Mario Galaxy because it, it, it introduced something a little bit more of depth. And again, as a female, I, I view games very differently. And so female characters are really important to me. And when you have Rosalina introduced and she actually feels like she's of substance rather than Peach, who's like this one-dimensional thing which they gave her some more dimension in odyssey and i appreciated that but overall not a big mario fan in general so probably not a great person uh we could talk about zelda though like zelda same same thing right yeah and and honestly like in the beginning that uh the creativity that was born from scarcity like the early early games like link to the past and all that the the games that made me fall in love with zelda um definitely had those vibes um and it's you know it's interesting because majora's mask and ocarina of time and and all of those like they bring about emotions in me because (laughs) I don't particularly like them, but they still bring out emotion in me, which I I get it. But there's something intangible, I guess, that we're comparing here. Um, it, it's like it's 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 different, and I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it. Um, it's it's like an organization or like um a book that is written by a lot of different people 
and then how personal it is to read a book that's just by one person. Does that make right. sense? No, yeah, definitely. I was I was just thinking of in terms of uh, maybe quality or care. Because I, I think when a lot of people think of, of AAA games, they think of what, like Call of Duty or maybe um, Sleeping Dogs or Grand Theft Auto or Yakuza or Shenmue. But they, they don't... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm just saying that AAA games can also be, you know, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and these games that we feel like are, are heralded as these experiences or that have, you know, moved the needle forward or like the Criterion collection of games, you know, Animal Crossing is another one. Yeah, um, and, and they have to some extent, but they don't have what I'm talking about. It's like the personal touch they don't have. The They are compelling. Stories can be compelling, but it's that personal touch. It's that heart that is absent in, in those games. And I don't know how else to describe it aside from that. I just don't. <laughs> For sure. I know I get it completely. Um, I hate using the word devil's advocate because then that usually follows some bullshit. Um, but I just wanted to bring those up because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, th to think about those games too, as well, like these masterpieces that a lot of people say air quotes, um, I say those words. Yeah. I, I do have to say too, um, another reason why I like indie games is because, and I don't know if this is, you know, I, I have ADHD and I, um, have a hard time sitting in one place and doing one thing for a long period of time. And indie games, generally, they're a lot shorter. They bring you through a story a lot quicker. They um, they convey what they need to in a, in a shorter time. And for me, I enjoy that because I love variety. Like, I feel like I get a lot more variety when I play indie games than I do AAA games. Like, a lot of the big games, they last a long time because you're in the story and, and the, you're in it for hours on end. And, and that's the world that you're in. But with indie games, it's like a lot of a, a lot of them that I love are the ones that you can sit down and play between three and five hours and be done. And that's an entire experience. You can just go be in that world, experience all of it and have it come to a c close and a completion in the same sitting. I love that. But that's just me personally. I also feel the same way. I feel like we we are uh, kind of the same ground. If I like chime in, because yeah, I I do enjoy the uh, just the succinctness. Sometimes I do want, uh, and and I'm bringing this up like not as a joke. Sometimes I do want the Grand Theft Auto, where it's like here's a bazillion things that you can go and do, and mm -hmm. you know li live in this world. Like Final Fantasy fourteen is the same way, but also. If I want a story, I don't want it to be dragged out. I don't want it to be, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake was this way, where it was like, hey, remember when we went up to that reactor and it only took like 10 minutes? Now it's going to take 45 minutes because we don't have enough story to like drag this out to like a 60 hour game, which is what you, which is what us as developers think that you want. Tell me what, tell me, you know, give me a succinct game. It, it, I feel like yeah. an indie game more snappy and to the point. And I think that is because of, you know, was it scarcity breeds creativity? 
Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, like I do love longer games too. Like I I mean, you I've told you how many hours I've put into Animal Crossing and into Breath of the Wild and um Stardew Valley, a great indie game that actually does take a while. And and but I'm okay living in that world and being in that world and returning to that world over and over. I think they did a really great job. Um I do have to say in my opinion, the new update very exciting. Uh I am just now getting to the new content and I had to go through my first two years first. Oh, actually my first year and a half first. And I kind of wish that they would have new content in the beginning more so, so it doesn't feel like the same game so much, but uh, I still love Stardew Valley. And that's, that's a game that is kind of counterintuitive to what I just said. Like I do still love to sit and be in a world for a long time, Um, but it's different with farming simulators. I think I think that story games are in a different category for me. Like if I just want to go farm and and mindlessly do things, but then also have some kind of story element too, like I love Stardew for that. But in general, if I'm playing an indie game and I just want a story, yeah, you're right. Having something succinct and something that I can enjoy in that time is perfect. It's great. As? <clears throat> I'm going to go a little bit on the opposite direction of that. Um, what you guys were just talking about. Um, I'm, I'm not much of a, like, a, I, I leave it to the big boy triple A's to feed me that story. Um, that's kind of how I grew up. Um, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, uh, all those games. Just like, I love a good story. I love me a good story. Um, however, when it comes to indie games, I don't turn to indie games necessarily for that reason. Um, I kind of turn to them for gameplay, really gameplay mechanics. Um, and this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I'm not a huge in terms of like indie games. I'm not a huge fan of uh, 2D side scrollers. Um, me personally, as a player, I feel like it's like an oversaturated gameplay style. Um, because I mean, I mean, kind of, we kind of grew up with that. We had like Rayman, X Men, or no, wait, no, yeah, X Men, Rayman, um, those types of games, uh, Metroid, all those, all those things. And like nowadays, like I'm, I'm see, and I say this while like I'm not a developer, I don't know, I just be, I, I, it's in my head, like because it's such a, like a, a, a very popular type of game to make. I want, like, is it the easiest type? I don't know. Um, but when it comes to searching out indie games, I love me a good change of scenery, change of pace, change of gameplay mechanics. Um, Pubmaster, you were talking about a game you played that was just typing. You just typed. That was it. Which is still, but it still like invoked a great story. Um, I played this indie game a while back and it was pretty much, uh, like you just walked around and like hacked stuff. That's all you did. And in like a point like 3D um, POV type situation, first person type situation. Um, so I think and with like AAA games, like AAA is like to recycle their stuff. You know, it's nothing new, nothing really groundbreaking. Nintendo likes to have different types of Mario games, which I appreciate, you know, different types of, you know, Legend of Zelda games. But in overall sense, like there's a lot of remasters coming out nowadays, a lot of different remasters, and that's OK. I love me a good like whether you know final fantasy remake was like as uh in like uh as as intense story-wise you can't you can't 
like uh deny that it looks beautiful like all modern final fantasy games do um but i know for me personally i need i need indie games with a little bit more change of pace in gameplay not just a 2d side scroller yeah so that's that it's interesting that you're saying this taz because um i remember before i really dived into the world of indie games i thought that most indie games were 2d side scrollers are you saying this because you like assume that most of them are no i'm saying this because that seems to be the most popular thing to do um in terms of you know actually i i used to think that too and i think that that was like a phase a lot of indie games went through but we're now more into the like the rpg like R- i'm seeing a lot of like great rpg maker games and so on so that's kind of like where we're going which i love because i mean i grew up on pokemon so of course i'm gonna love rpgs um but yeah i totally agree about like the the variety and it's another reason why i hate skyrim because <laughs> i'm like in what way did that in, like mean skyrim because they keep releasing the same freaking game over and over again and i'm like come on you have so many resources available to you and i watch every day these little indie devs who have no resources and they have so much more to offer than freaking skyrim and whatever you're releasing and remastering like and you know i kind of felt the same i feel the same way about nintendo in a way i it's close to my heart i love pokemon i love you know all all of those games but it's like, okay, you're just selling me stuff because you know I'm nostalgic and I grew up with this. I drank the Kool-Aid a long time ago and you know I'm going to spend money on this. And I just think, oh, I could be spending my money on indie games where it's like they have far less resources and so much more creativity and more variety. And I would be more engaged, honestly, playing indie games than I would AAA games that are just being sold to me because I love Pokemon. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I think the difference in that argument, though, is like Skyrim was never the, the with with the whole thing with Skyrim. And you can have the same exact argument for the same thing with Grand Theft Auto, right? Grand Theft Auto Five has been around since let's see, we're on the PlayStation Five and the new Xbox. Uh, that sucker has been around since the PS3, and they have not released a new thing. Um, so the same argument can be made there. I think I think the difference is that. Uh, Skyrim re-releases and Grand Theft Auto re-releases is a business standpoint. There's like, oh, why is why you might as well just like sell this on the Switch with a little Zelda twist? We can sell this on the freaking refrigerator, like. Um, whereas, whereas you know, indie devs like they don't. From my perspective, they just want to get out there. You yeah. know, you pay like ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars for a solid indie game that's just trying to break through the the surface of these things. And I know it, it the indie the... games that are free or less yeah, than five dollars. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of the time they're not doing it for the money. This is a this is a heart and soul. This is their baby. Blood, blood, sweat and tears. Like I I've talked to so many indie devs that are like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this game is going to do well. But I'm doing it because I love this game and I'm they're like surprised that it's doing well and that they can actually like break even. And I'm like, what? You made this incredible game and yet money is the last thing you're thinking of. Like, whereas like with AAA games, it's all about the money. And honestly, like, I'm just going to say it. A lot of AAA games, like you said, Taz, like it seems like they get lazy because they're like, well, we knew that this worked and we're just going to keep doing this because we just care about the money. And you completely miss 
so many things when you go that route. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting ranty again this episode. (laughs) Henry, what do you think? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I was hoping that the two of you would just duke it out and I would just sit back. (laughs) Yeah, well, we kind of, we kind of did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and we have, like, I've been on Two Player Tuesdays with Taz and stuff. And like, I'm always like, can we play an indie game? Can we play an indie game? And he's like, oh my gosh. Like, no. <laughs> Can we play something else? Like, all you talk about are indie games. And I'm like, well, it's because they're superior to everything else, obviously. That's <laughs> definitely not true, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, Taz, I, I feel like you're right where there's indie games are starting to get watered down. And, you know, I've only been doing this for a very short time. It, what we, what we get in in terms of uh, games that come across our desks, or a lot of them don't don't grab me in a way. It's like, oh yeah, it's another two D side scroller. Oh yeah, it's another like roguelike game. You know, yeah. I, um, we, were, we were talking about Amori earlier. That's the kind of stuff that I look for in an indie mm-hmm. game. That is, or, yeah. or an Undertale or um, Gris or something like that. That is what I want out of an indie experience one person or you know people's idea of what a game should be in terms of and we could even throw this out here too games as art our game been uh, uh tension for a very long time and i feel like that i've just mentioned are trying to make that case that video games are in fact of art i've feel like they are you don't have to you know sway me into that category um that is even a question that's so interesting it's 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 still a debate even to this day but i feel like going for an indie game that that is what i think of as an indie game um you know tez you're talking about in terms of play mechanics and things like that for me that is secondary for sure i don't i give me a story that i really care about and those stories are few and far between when it comes to AAA titles. A lot of the time you're playing it because it's like the new hot game or what have you, or in the case of a remaster or remake, it's something that you already played and have big feelings towards, or like even Pokemon. Pokemon is not going to make me cry or think about the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and if it does, then like, oh my God, what a world we live in, you know, or even Mario or, or Zelda doesn't really make me feel much emotion uh but indie games like the games i have mentioned do and that's what i want out of an indie game or something that's just off the wall and zany and that i've never seen before and is funny i feel like there's just so much more personality and heart in an indie game most times than triple a but i will say as a critique a lot of these indie games are just kind of this same thing we're we're like treading water right now and i'm waiting for it's it's almost like in the late 80s when like everything was hair metal and it's like who you know this is getting boring and old and then nirvana comes out of nowhere and just changes the entire landscape popular music i'm waiting for that moment what game will be that maybe you're making it right now i don't know yeah and we can we can name like a handful of like games that have like indie games that have broken that wall like like undertale that game like blew up 
Mm -hmm. um stardew valley did the same thing um with like uh graveyard keeper kind of sort of following suit didn't blow up but the style of gameplay still kind of was like oh that's fun uh Mm -hmm. following um the uh the harvest moon type gameplay bringing like reviving that through stardew valley um so i see what you're saying henry for sure i think that's kind of what we do here at game raven is we find the games like i i've said it in a previous podcast like we support games that are worth supporting and i totally see what you're saying henry like i can't tell you how many mobile games that are all pretty much the same that we've gotten in our inbox like there are so many like people are just like shooting them out everywhere just all these little games and it's like you do have to find the jewels but when you do it's so worth it and i i hope you know that people can come to game raven to find well curated games that are worth supporting and that they can find those jewels that we're talking about that we get so excited about um and they can see that there are people out there doing different things and you just have to find them it's a big ocean out there and with everybody having more at their fingertips like more people are making games and you're right like a lot of people are making the same thing but there are jewels out there i promise you and it's worth it right the long the long and short of it for me is i want to play games that move the needle and i feel like in the indie world those games move the needle more so than a triple a title would Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, is there anything else? I feel pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty cathartic. Thanks for letting me, you know, get that out. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's what the Game Raven podcast is for. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review podcast. I have been Henry J, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at SuperHenry64, where I stream indie games every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Taz, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me literally everywhere in the virtual space uh, with the handle TazTDevil3. Uh, I stream Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturdays on Twitch. So I hope to see you there. And Puppet. Hey, I am Puppet Master N. That's Puppet Master E-N. And I am on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now Discord. I finally went into the Discord realm. So there I am. Uh, I stream on Twitch during the weekend, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night now. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is at 7 p.m., and then Mondays are my multiplayer Mondays, and we start at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. As always, find us on Twitter and Twitch at GameRavenReview and GameRavenReview.com. Have a fantastic week. game.